Welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stacken here alongside my good friend and co-host, sports director at KORN Radio there in Mitchell, South Dakota, none other than Travis Krins. Travis, how are we doing? Doing good. Good. About Halloween. Starting to get certain uh, certain hit the fall. We had thunderstorms uh, yesterday to the east. We had uh, some thunderstorm warnings and it was 85 degrees and now it's 50. So that's the fall, the fall type weather, the ebbs and the flows of fall. You know, put Christmas lights up uh, on Sunday. Vikings weren't playing, so, you know, it, it helps that you have that little bit of time there. Do you put Christmas lights up? Will you put Christmas lights up at all this year? We didn't last year. I don't. We won't this year. We'll decorate the house. Melissa, I should say, will decorate the house. <laughs> and uh, we will decorate the front of the house with maybe some inside lights. Okay. We won't. Uh, we won't go too crazy with lights. It was a fairly windy day yesterday, but uh, you know it was nice and warm. Good day to put up Christmas lights and whatnot. And there, we have a maple tree in our backyard, and there were all the leaves were still on the tree pretty much. Today, after this cold front and all this wind, our yard yeah. is scattered with leaves. There's leaves in the gutter everywhere. I was up on the roof on Sunday. Why couldn't they? have fallen then so i could have cleaned the gutters out now now i have to go back up i have to clean them out it's a, it's a pain in the ass thanks thanks fall thanks mother nature we did that last week and we'll have to do it again one more time but yeah yeah you, you do it and then it's like you didn't even do it the next day yeah exactly right i'm gonna have to mow here to to suck up all the leaves and whatnot but it, it's fine it's fine it, it's it's good uh, no Vikings this week, so that's great. Uh, we don't have to talk about them losing. Hopefully be, they beat the Cardinals this week. Cardinals were winners against the Saints. DeAndre Hopkins is back, so that uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a little hesitant, a little nervous about the Vikings this week beating Arizona, but I think Kevin O'Connell will have the team going well, and it could be worse. You could be uh, Green Bay or Tampa Bay. You, ever, you know that song, Down by the Bay? Maybe. Where the watermelons grow back to my home, I dare not go. For if I do, my mother will say, have you ever seen a dog kissing a frog? Something like that. You ever heard that song? Maybe now for the first time. Maybe if I heard it, I would notice it. I don't know. Either way, they both suck. Yes. Yep, there's trouble in the Bay, in both Bays right now. Tampa Bay loses 21-3 to to the Christian McCaffrey-less Carolina Panthers, who are in obvious tank-slash-rebuilding mode. That is easily the most embarrassing loss of the season so far for any NFL team. And then you have the Green Bay Packers, who have now lost three in a row. Uh, they are 3-4. and four. It is the first time in Aaron Rodgers' illustrious career that he is uh, three and four through seven games, three and four or worse. Matt Lafleur. I mean, they've been thirteen and three or thirteen and four in Matt Lafleur's seasons. That's not happening this year. The Packers look atrocious. Aaron Rodgers has no confidence in his wide receivers. They don't run the ball. Their defense, which was supposed to be so good, has not been up to snuff. It's such an incredible joy. It brings joy to my heart uh, to see the Packers struggling this mightily. But, I mean, with Tampa Bay as bad as they were on Sunday, which team, and you could say both, like, which team is in a, it has a, like, are you more concerned about, I should say? Tampa Bay. 
I think they're toast. I'm sure the Packers will somehow find a way to turn it around. And oh, yeah. Maybe they'll, they'll miss the playoffs, but, you know, squeak into that number seven seed. Oh, get, and who would they have to face uh, in that first round? Oh, probably the Vikings. Maybe just a ball of joy. And then, I mean, Tampa Bay still can win that division, you know, with an, probably an eight. And, I mean, you could probably finish seven and ten and still win the uh, NFC South. Yeah. At the, I mean, you know, the Saints don't seem to be doing anything in Atlanta. You know, they've been surprising, but that's not a 500 team. So, I would I would love to end Tom Brady's career. Yes. With the Vikings winning um, against them. Because, look, you know, if you get that two seed, uh, you got Dallas and the Giants that seem to be, you know, if they're the, those two wildcard teams at five and six, uh, they'll probably have better records than the two division winners that they'll play. Mm-hmm. So if, if Tampa Bay could somehow, if we get Vikings Tampa Bay somehow, that would be great. Well, Vikings Packers, um, we'll see how that would go. But what they're what, they got a two and a half, two and a half uh, game lead, mm-hmm. and, the, and the Packers are in Buffalo uh, Sunday night, and you've got Arizona and Washington coming up. You know, we don't want to call the race already, but no, you know, no, you, I'm you not calling it. Not calling it. I know exactly what this Vikings team is capable of. I know what the Packers are capable of. This is by no means over. Um, and the Vikings still have to play Buffalo in three Packers weeks. Just, I mean, losing to Washington is just unforgivable. And, you know, they, they've got the Cowboys. They've got the Titans. They've got the Eagles. They've got the Rams. They've got the Vikings again. Um, I mean, they, they had so many chances these past five years to – get back to the Super Bowl, and now Aaron Rodgers is going to be there presumably for the next few years, and they turning Devontae Adams and just a lot of bad stuff. Aaron Rodgers in his post-game press conference on Sunday was like, I actually think this is a great spot for us because no one's giving us a chance against Buffalo. Like, we can do a lot of good things here. What the hell is he smoking? Uh, I mean, he obviously he, he smokes something in the offseason. He's talked about his, his offseason cahoots or whatever. There is no way, based on what we've seen from Green Bay over the last month, like even going back to the, the game against the Patriots where they barely beat Bailey Zappi and the New England Patriots, there is no way that they can go up to Buffalo and beat Josh Allen and that Bills team. No way. I have no idea. I mean, he's got to say it to try and instill some confidence. That would be, I think, the most shocking upset of the year. Even more so than the Panthers over the Bucks would be if the Packers beat Buffalo Sunday night in Buffalo. You wouldn't think so, but the NFL doesn't make any sense. So you know, right. the Colts beat the Chiefs, and there's upsets everywhere. So you you wouldn't think so, the way Buffalo's rolling right now. But they just refused to run the ball. You know, they had 12 carries for 38 yards, which isn't very good. But they just refused to use their running backs, and we got two decent running backs. Quad Dillon and and Aaron Jones, yeah, very good running backs. And that was a game where it was close to the entire game between them and Washington. Washington ran it 38 times. And uh, Taylor Heineke threw it 33 times. So if your quarterback isn't playing well and his thumb is, you know, broken thumb or whatever his thumb injury is, 
and you don't have very good receivers. Run the football. Like, it just boggles my mind. You know, 12 carries. 12 mm-hmm. carries for 38 yards. They don't have any receivers. They got Alan Lazard. That's about it. And he's hurt now. He had to leave the game on Sunday. Christian Watson aren't going to even play. He's, he's hurt, too. I mean, just... Well, they could have had who's the, George Pickens for yep. Pittsburgh. Yep. Like they could have had him. Mm-hmm. Well, they could pick a North Dakota State receiver who is fast. So, you know, a lot of bad moves there. So, And Washington, they got Taylor Heineke. I mean, there's no reason to play Carson once again. And he did fine last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got Sam Powell, I would say, at the end of this season. Give Sam Howell maybe the last month of the year and see how he does mm-hmm. as you go into next year, hoping to find a quarterback. So, yeah, that was uh, another bad loss for the Packers. I mean, I hope the Vikings can beat Washington. I think they can, but, I mean, Washington is a better team with Taylor Heineke under center than they are with Carson Wentz. Uh, And speaking of Carson Wentz, his former team, the Colts, they have benched Matt Ryan now for the rest of the year because he has, he leads the league in fumbles, he leads the league in interceptions, he leads the league in sacks. Like this guy, and part of that is not his fault. Part of it is the offensive line. It's bad in Indy. But they're going with Sam Ellinger for the rest of the season. Apparently Matt Ryan's got a shoulder injury, but even once he's healthy, they're like, nope, we're going with Sam Ellinger. I mean, that is... Uh, the Colts are throwing in the towel almost here. I mean, you lose to the Titans on Sunday. That's a two-game lead now, essentially a three-game lead for the Titans because they swept the season series from Indianapolis. I'm surprised that the Colts are this inept on offense. I'm surprised their offensive line is this bad. They can't run the football. This is why I'm glad I didn't have the number one overall pick this year in fantasy because Jonathan Taylor is like... You have to take him, but I wasn't confident in what he could do, and he he can't run behind this offensive line. They used Naheem Hines for like an entire drive against Tennessee on Sunday. I'm like, you have Jonathan Taylor, and you're going with Hines? Like, that screams to me just how bad it is right now in Indianapolis. So Matt Ryan, he's likely done. Uh, um. Tom Brady, he's likely done at the end of this year. He is done at the end of this year. He's just thrown in the towel at this point. I, how do we expect Tampa Bay to beat Baltimore on a short week here? With If they can't even score a touchdown against the Carolina Panthers, who just traded their all their the franchise, Christian McCaffrey, how you can't. Like, what, what's going on here? Oh, the, the way you beat Baltimore is get like uh, you get down like fourteen nothing, then you beat Baltimore. True, kind of like the Jackrabbits, which we'll get to in a moment. Like I said years ago, like Christian McCaffrey, he, it didn't make a difference whether he played or not with the success of Carolina. Mm-hmm. Played, they were bad. He didn't play, they were the same. So I like the move of trading him because you're not going anywhere, right? Uh, they got a pretty good haul for him. Sure did. Uh, but P.J. Walker's a quarterback? Yep. P.J. Walker? I think he's better than both guys they have there. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you and, do. Okay. Uh, I think he's better than Sam Darnold. I think he's better than Baker Mayfield. And he really hasn't gotten a shot in his career. So hopefully he can. Not saying that he'll be great or anything, but 
he's he's been around long enough to where he deserves a shot to, mm-hmm. to play. He started one game last year, one game the year before. He deserves a shot to see what he can do because yeah, this is a team that's that's all but finished. So that's yeah, just twenty one to three, just an embarrassing loss. Mike uh, Evans. Can anybody can beat anybody. It's yep. This it, it doesn't seem like a very good season. You have all of these old quarterbacks are having bad years with Rodgers and Brady and Matt Ryan, and then you've had years where the quarterback the, the quarterback classes have not been very good. Mm-hmm. They have people like Frank, and he's not very good at people like that. This was this was supposed to be probably Andrew Luck's time, but he's been gone for a few years now. So that, that, that leaves a void. I, I think I heard that the Colts have now, with Sam Ellinger starting on Sunday, this will be the seventh different starting quarterback the Colts have had since Andrew Luck abruptly retired. And they've tried to fill the gap with Phillip Rivers and Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan, guys who are at the end of their careers. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Instead of taking a step back for a year or two and drafting a guy... They've tried to stay relevant, so they've stayed, you know, right around that 500 mark, and they've been a borderline playoff team, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's not like they're going in that other direction of, we we, we got to figure something out here because this, this year is hell ain't working. It's, it's been a very, very surprising year this year. Um, like the mediocrity in the NFC West, you know, the 49ers a game under 500. That Geno Smith is playing the best uh, the best at the quarterback position in that division this year. Geno Smith has been playing great for Seattle. They lead the NFC West. Who would have ever saw that coming? Atlanta tied for first with Tampa Bay in the NFC South. Both New York teams have been very good this year. The Giants somehow, again, survive by beating Jacksonville, holding them by a half yard. The, the Jacksonville is a half yard away from at least forcing overtime, probably winning it there with an extra point. At the end, um, the Jets won against the Broncos. I mean, Russell Wilson, it's just, he didn't play in this game, but it's so funny to watch Nathaniel Hackett just just being so inept at head coaching uh, a team. Uh, the, the owners, the new owners, the Waltons there of the Walmart fortune and, every, and everything like that, uh, they're going to fire him because they inherited him as the head coach. Uh, so he'll, he'll he'll be gone at the end of this season for sure. Uh, one would imagine, unless he can somehow turn it around. But I don't see how Russell Wilson's going to be able to turn his career around. Um, he just looks bad right now. Um, so where the where the hell was I going with this here? Oh yeah, the, 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 if you had to pick a team for the next five years, would you pick the Jets or the Giants? I will go with hell. Right now, I will say the Jets. Because I like their rookie class. Uh, I like the young guys that they have. Now, with that being said, I I want to see what... This is year one with um, with Brian Dable. This is year three with Robert Sala. So I've seen, I've seen enough of like what the Jets have. Um, now, with that being said, they lose Bre- uh, you know, Bryce Hall or Brees Hall from uh, the, the, the rookie running back from Iowa State. To a torn ACL in Sunday's game, they lose their t- offensive tackle Elijah Vera Tucker. He's done for the year with a torn bicep. So the win on Sunday against the Broncos came with a significant cost to the Jets. So I think they will drastically fall back because Zach Wilson has not looked the part so far this year. He is he he, he threw for like 
he had 17 yards passing midway through the second quarter that game against Denver. That's not good. Um, at some point, the these Daniel Jones leads the league this year in fourth quarter comebacks. You know how many fourth quarter comebacks Jones has or game winning drives in the fourth quarter? Over five every game. Five, yeah, five. Second is Kirk Cousins, and third, I think, is Matt Ryan, actually, ironically enough, with three, and that'll be it there. But um, I th- I feel like the Giants are better served to, to maintain things this year be- just because of the injuries to the Jets. I, so long story short, long-winded answer short, I think the Jets are better poised for the next few years, but I need to see what Brian Dable brings in because right now he has no wide receivers and we don't know if Daniel Jones is the answer at quarterback for them or not. But their defense under Wink Martindale is playing outstanding. Like the Giants, they just win all these close games. You know, every win has been by eight points or less. You know, a a, a yard away from losing the game against Jacksonville. Um, you know, all of these games are close, so they are overachieving. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it lasts throughout the year. Maybe they're, they'll just have a great record and all these comebacks, but I wouldn't think they would be a serious contender. And the unfortunate thing about the Jets is that they've done, you know, they got a lot of exciting young players, but that quarterback, they're not going to throw him aside when they should. Right. I thought... Like, what? You know what? This is his second year. Yes. So I mean, you need somebody better at quarterback. If they had a quarterback, they'd be a serious somebody. Mm-hmm. But winning in spite of him, and he's not. Somehow they're winning these games. Their defense, they're winning these games. And it's like oh, we got a real shot to maybe be a playoff team if our quarterback could give us something. Mm-hmm. And you know, they, they they're not going to bench. Zach Wilson for Joe Flacco, but it's unfortunate that they're going to be. Now, to be fair, we could see a leap in year three with him. Uh, Josh Allen is a prime example of a guy that maybe we thought wasn't going to be quite as good, and now look at him, the all-pro that he is. Uh, he's playing outstanding. Zach, I mean, I, you know, Zach Wilson is j- just, you know. He scores I more put, with. I put him in that category of the worst quarterbacks that I have seen in the past 10, 15 years, the the Jake Lockers, the, the Christian Ponders, and that Ponder is probably better than, than, than him at this point. But he scores you know. he scores more with high school moms than he does with uh, with his own team, with the, the scoring yeah. points for the Jets. Um, I'll say uh, Frank Jones is better, I think. I like how we use Frank for everything now between Trubisky and, 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 and Jones. This is just a disrespectful thing, Frank. Uh, you know, Bill Jones already got a lot of rushing yards, so he can. 107 of them. Who does he think he is? Lamar Jackson? He's a dual threat, so he's uh, already already near a career high rushing yards. He could even maybe have five, 600 yards rushing if he keeps this up. But, you know, he's having a good year, and then we like to overrate people when they win games. Um, but yeah, fourth quarter drives, winning drives. Baltimore, that was another game a week ago that they gave the Giants late. They gave them a shot. Because so. Lamar had turnovers back to back plays. Well, but don't it, do that in the fourth yeah. quarter and you win that game. So, yeah, Giants are there, but again, it's 
it's not. I mean, there, there's a reason why they were what a three point underdog at Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. So, and that that was not an absurd line. The way the game played out, that was not absurd. No. So. I mean, Travis Etienne fumbles like at the five-yard line in the second quarter when the Jaguars were about to score a touchdown. There could have won. Um, that could, went a long way to the sign. They go for it on the fourth and one when you should have kicked the field goal. It, it, that leads. I, I hate analytics. I I know like we like I think baseball has way too many odd st- statistics and all this you know, war and, and and crap like that. But the analytics in, in football, specifically the NFL, is getting to be absurd. You had another example last, uh, two examples on Sunday. The Jaguars are down 20-17, to 17 and they go for it fourth and one, I think from, like their, from the Giants' 20. They sneak it, they don't get it. They could have tied the game up. It could have been 20-20. to 20. Instead, they don't do it. Or maybe they were up at that. Either way. They they botched that, so that wasn't good. And then Sunday night, Mike McDaniel, an easy like it's going to be like a forty yard field goal for Jason Sanders, who's a very good field goal kicker for the Dolphins. It's sixteen to ten in the second half here, and Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins head coach, elects to go for it. They don't get it. That could have put you up by two scores. The game finished 16-10. They were lucky because the Steelers threw a couple of bad interceptions there. But like, coaches are out thinking themselves. Brandon Staley, head coach for the Chargers, is a prime example of this. I mean, this guy goes for way too often. I just, I, maybe you're, you're being too conservative by going for a field goal, but for crying out well, loud, look at, the, look at the situation here and say, hey, we could go up by two scores, or hey, we could tie the game up where, you know, we're struggling to score and put this team away. Let's let's get some points. Let's get some guaranteed points here, or just about guaranteed. Yeah, anytime you can go up two scores, anytime you can tie the game, you can do it. It's not like it was a fourth and goal at the one, or it's like you know what we're we're you know difference between seven and three. Well, this is the difference between three and zero. Or even if you convert, you're not guaranteed a touchdown. So it you know. Pittsburgh didn't have a very good offense, and you're going to make them score 10 points in the fourth quarter to beat you. And I don't know why you would do that, why you would not take the field goal and go up by nine. I don't understand that. I don't understand Jacksonville. Not trying to tie the game, and if you do that, then you don't got to go for it at the end of the game. You could actually tie a field goal, and the game should have went in overtime. Mm-hmm. So, you know, points are hard to come by. A field goal is not a bad thing sometimes. I like teams being aggressive and going forward on fourth down, uh, but maybe we got to dial that back a little bit, especially when there's points out there. If you're in no man's land at the 40, 45, and it's a fourth and short, yeah. well, gamble and go for it. I'm okay with that. Absolutely. Um, but in these situations, we're talking 40-yard field goals uh, to tie the game, take a two-score lead. Be smart about it. Um like, take the lead. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. Get your points, take the lead, tie the game, and see how it plays out. The Commanders in their game against the Packers on Sunday, they were at like their oh, was it the thirty-seven? I think, and it was fourth down, way too long for a field goal. Like you don't want to attempt a field goal, miss it, and then you give Aaron Rodgers and the Packers like. Uh, needing only 25, 30 yards tops 
to kick a game-winning field goal there. They elect to punt it, and that's the right decision. I thought maybe you would take a delay a game. They didn't. They punted it, though, and it got only to the 18-yard line. Like, why won't you kick? If you're going to do that, why don't you kick it through the, the back of the end zone there and take a couple, like, take another second or two? Like, what's the difference between the 18 and the 20? Like, it's, just, it's a terrible punt. Yeah. I mean, some of these things we saw Nathaniel Hackett in that first game against Seattle just butcher the end of the game. Yes. And, and we see how smart these guys are, but sometimes they make the wrong move. It's like, no, that's not what you do. It's like, you don't do that. And sometimes it doesn't work out. So just just because they're in that position doesn't mean they know what they are doing. Right. I, I saw Dan Lebetard, uh Love Dan I, I don't I don't listen to a show, but I see his clips on, on Twitter. Yes. And a week or two ago, he was talking to William Shatner. Okay. And William Shatner is like 91 years old. And he looks like he's maybe 70. He looks like he's in his mid-60s. Yeah. Somehow William Shatner's like 90, 91, 92. That's, that's incredible. Uh, I know him more from Rescue 911 than I do uh, Star Trek. And he made the, he went to space last year. Yes, and he did. That, that, that may have aged him. He actually said he didn't like that. It, it, it yeah. was a, At the time, he was like, oh, unbelievable. Then afterwards, like, well, whatever. So they, so they asked him, Dan Levitar, you know, you're, you're 90-some years old. What have you learned in life? What have you learned? You live 90. What have you learned? They always ask the old people. Well, what have you learned? You know what he said? What did he say? He said nothing. We know nothing about anything. <laughs> NFL coaches don't know anything about anything. We don't know who to draft. We don't know who to pick. We don't know whether to go for it or to kick it. So when you become an adult and you get into the workforce and you do all this stuff, just because somebody's the boss doesn't mean they're any smarter than anybody else. Right. It just means they've been around longer than anybody else. So, William Shatner, we know nothing about anything when it comes to most things in this world. Yeah, well, that's a, it's a very good point, and Shatner would know. Uh, scoring's down in the NFL this year, and I love it. I love that we don't have these high-scoring games. They're a lot closer, and maybe that's but one of them. Also, I don't want to see this garbage, you know, the 11 to 9, 9 to 6. It needs to be a little bit more than that. This, this Patriots-Bears could be a rough matchup tonight, as have been yes. most of these, you know, yeah. Monday night, Thursday night game. But I'm okay with, like, a 16-10. I'm okay with 23-17. I'm okay with 23-21. Like, I'm okay with that. Because uh-huh. you get enough of, uh, you get enough scoring, but, uh, you know, I think part of that is because, you know, defenses now are scheming, like, hey, we don't want to give up the big play. We'd rather give up a few um, yards here and there. Um, but don't the give shell up. defense, second. It's all about, it's the, about shell the shell defense. Yes, yes. Keep it, in front of you. It's God the shell game it. from The Price is Right. Um, but okay. also, I think you're seeing it in part because analytics is playing a role in this where um, coaches are making these bad decisions rather than try and go for points. They try and go for it on fourth down, and they aren't getting it. So I think that is in part why you aren't seeing as high-scoring games is in part because of these decisions, these analytics that aren't working out. I think it has to do with the poor quarterback play. 
You've got Rodgers and Brady and Wilson, who have been three of the worst quarterbacks when usually they've been among the top five to ten quarterbacks. But they're all older. Stafford's old. Like, this is – we're seeing the – There's that gap of young quarterbacks that haven't developed. There's a couple of them. And then a bunch of old guys who've retired, and the old guys now are awful. There's that gap of there's not a lot of quality quarterbacks, so Geno Smith is having a good year. I feel like this this is the year – to do something if you are the Vikings, because in a normal year, Kirk Cousins probably isn't a top 10 quarterback Mm -hmm. if everybody else is performing how they usually perform. Yep. And Cousins isn't going to get any better than he is. So for the Vikings to succeed, they need everybody else to come down or lower than their level Mm -hmm. for them to succeed. And, I mean, this, you know, outside of the Eagles – They've got a shot here, and maybe you get, maybe Tampa Bay goes into Philadelphia and defeats the Eagles in the playoffs. Who the hell knows? Maybe the Rams beat them. Something to where the Vikings make maybe have a home game to get to the Super Bowl, but it sets up to be a good year when there's. It's the Buffalo Bills and everybody. Else. Yes, yes. Well, I would say in the Kansas City Chiefs, what the Chiefs did Sunday in in San Francisco was pretty amazing. I. It, their offense, and I said this at the time, I, I talked to a few people during the, the offseason, and like, oh, because my father-in-law is a big Chiefs fan. I, you know, am cheering for the Chiefs as well, in large part because of Hall of Famer Patrick Mahomes. But everyone was like, oh my gosh, you lose Tyreek Hill. Like, this Chiefs offense is going to struggle. I'm like, yeah, okay, actually, you got uh, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. You got Valdez Scantling. You got Travis Kelsey still. You got some of these running backs. Isaiah Pacheco has been... Very good. Sky Moore is still kind of getting in the mix here. They have so, several good tight ends behind Kelsey. Like, they have enough weapons now where it's not, okay, Tyreek, run a vertical here. You you can utilize the entire field, and it's difficult to defend. And that's what we're seeing the Chiefs do this year, is they can hit you so many different ways. And, like, Valdez Scantling had, what, three catches to, like, 111 yards uh, Sunday. Juju Smith-Schuster had a big game, but we're not always going to get that. Some days it's some games it's going to be different. Some days games it's going to be all about Travis Kelsey, or or they're going to use uh, more in the running back uh, category, like or Nicole Hardman. Nicole Hardman had three touchdowns on Sunday. Is he ever going to do that again this year? Absolutely not. But you have to, now you have to scheme for each one of these guys because you don't know. Who is going to be that guy that day? And that's where the Chiefs are so much more dangerous this year. I agree. I think it's Buffalo that's coming out of the AFC. But it's the Bills, the Chiefs, and then everyone else. And I don't know if teams are too stubborn to know, okay, we let's run the ball a little bit. Our quarterback's not very good. We mentioned how the Packers just seem not interested in running the ball whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And okay, or you know, Tampa Bay, you, you want to maybe run the ball a little bit here, and because certainly uh, passing, it's not working out. So you now the, the quarterbacks have been bad; they've been very, very bad. And maybe teams go back to run the ball a little bit, but I, I don't expect that to happen. Well, I, okay, I mean, you mentioned that this is the year potentially for the Vikings to do something because of the bad quarterback play. Well, Tom Brady is going to retire at the end of this year. 
He's not coming back next year. So what's the answer in Tampa? Kyle Trask? Okay, I'm going to take Kirk Cousins ahead of Kyle Trask or whatever Tampa Bay throws out. Indianapolis, Matt Ryan's going to be done after this year. Is it going to be Sam Ellinger or is it going to be someone else like that they draft? I'm going to take Kirk Cousins over whatever quarterback lands in Tampa or Indianapolis, barring it being some magnificent like potential Hall of Fame quarterback. Bryce Young. Bryce Well, I... I I, you know, I I think that I, could, I think I said this a while back. I think there's going to be maybe four or five quarterbacks, and maybe in the top ten. Oh yes. All of these, uh, the Colts and Tampa Bay, all these teams need quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And there's some guys out there. It's Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and a bunch of other guys. Guy from Kentucky. Levis. Some yeah. other folks. So yeah, some other folks that are going to get picks. I think you know, five in the first round, maybe five in the top ten or mm-hmm. twelve, because. Um, oof. there's a lot of teams that are really bad, and there's a lot of teams that don't have draft picks that have traded them. Uh, the Saints, Saints gave theirs to uh, Seattle, maybe or Philadelphia. Philadelphia right now is a top ten pick because of the Saints. Yeah, so Philadelphia. I mean, they've got that, and you know, if they look for the right uh, right partner, they could. Hey, we've got uh, the seventh pick in the draft. We really don't need anybody. We can trade down and get more picks if somebody wants to jump up for quarterbacks. So there's a there's a three or four really bad teams that are not gonna have first round picks. Uh what the Broncos, yeah, Seattle gets the Broncos first round pick. Yeah. yeah. And the Broncos Texans they need to get, get a younger quarterback in there. Texans get the Browns yeah. pick. I mean Yeah. So I it's yeah, a lot of quarterbacks are gonna be taken in the draft, I feel. I, oh, I absolutely agree with you on that. I just don't know, like, you, yes, the quarterback play is bad this year, and we didn't get a good rookie class in, and so far last year's group has not been stellar. Um, it's know. also not normal for guys to be good when they're 38 or 40 years old. Right, but so that's why I don't think, like, we can – it's a foregone conclusion that Aaron Rodgers is going to be good next year. He's going to retire in a year or two. So I don't feel like I don't know how good he's going to be next year. It depends in large part, I guess, what Green Bay does at the wide receiver position and whatnot. But I, based on what I've seen, I'm not going to say that Aaron Rodgers is going to all of a sudden like I, I just don't. I just don't see these older quarterbacks having renaissance years ahead of them. Um, it used to be, you know, you'd be 35 and that'd be about it. Mm-hmm. You'd be done. You'd be, you'd be over. I think Aaron Rodgers, his thumb, uh, if you have an injury, I'll say that is an issue. That thumb seems to be an issue. It is, but he was struggling before then. And you take away Devontae Adams. If you put yes. him on this team, i say they probably have a couple more wins. they probably beat Washington. Yep. Uh, they have at least a couple more wins. So it's... A case of, yeah, they don't really have any good receivers. You give him one of the five best receivers, they're probably fine. So I think it's an easy fix, however easy it is to find a a top-of-the-line wide receiver. Yeah, but that was imp- – I mean, he chose not to participate in the off-season work uh, – you know, off-season workouts, you know, uh, develop chemistry with his wide receivers. He chose not to do that. So this is not – like, yeah, I – Rodgers has issues, and the, the Packers have issues, but they will be okay, um, I, I think. But they're not winning this week. They're going to have a four-game losing streak. They're losing to Buffalo. 
be the biggest upset of the year, even bigger than the Panthers beating the Bucks. If the Packers go into Buffalo and win, with the way Buffalo's playing right now, coming off of a bye, I just don't see it. I don't see it at all. Um, so that's the NFL. Anything else NFL related we need to? Oh, Christian McCaffrey again. Like we said, he traded last week. I think it's a great trade for the 49ers. It adds just another weapon for them offensively. He played only a handful of snaps on Sunday. I think it's good. But they're another one of those teams, kind of like the Rams. It's the F them picks. Uh, so to speak, they gave up four picks. Uh, they don't have a first-round pick next year. They don't have a second. They have a couple compensatory thirds and a fifth-round pick, I think, next year and a seventh. They don't have very many picks. So they better hope that Christian McCaffrey stays healthy. I think he will. But it's uh, try and defend that offense with McCaffrey, if he's healthy, Kittle, Debo, and Brandon Ayuk. Good luck. As long as they make the playoffs, I always like them. Because they've proven they can win anywhere. They mm-hmm. can win it. They won at Dallas last year. They won at uh, Green Bay. Yep. Almost knocked off the Rams. So <coughs> it doesn't really matter where San Francisco goes in the playoffs. They've proven they can win on the road. Mm-hmm. So even if they're a six or seven seed, I like them to to to, to, to do some things. They just got to get there. Yep, I agree. I think I'm I still am confident that they win the NFC West uh, when it's all said and done. So. Yep, the Rams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the, the Cardinals, I don't try. I still don't trust Seattle fully. Um, no. Geno's playing well, but that's that. Um, okay, college we go. Um, let's start with the Jacks, who, again, they they dig themselves a big hole, 21-7. to They're trailing North Dakota, but they get a big turnover late in the second quarter, and it just kind of spurs them on. They score 35 unanswered points. Uh, a lot of reviews in this game. Uh, Adam Bach gets hurt. That's significant. Isaiah Davis doesn't play, though. Tucker Kraft comes back. He catches a touchdown. I mean, it's <clears throat> it's instantly a better offense with Kraft in the lineup. But the Jacks win. This was a huge win for them because, it's, A, it's a Dakota sweep. You're coming off of that big win against North Dakota State, and this was the game that I felt like at the beginning of the season that they were going to lose outside of Iowa was to... North Dakota just coming off of a an emotional couple of weeks against their rivals. It's a good win. We'll see what the injury status to Bach is. Um, we'll see when Isaiah Davis can come back. But you get a, a hobo day this week against Indiana State at Northern Iowa and the Missouri State, and then you get a couple of weeks off to heal. Um, this is this was a big win. This was almost bigger than the Dakota Marker game because they were able to maintain their number one overall seed they were able to escape that loss and now this the schedule the remaining three games significantly easier well it looked rough there for the first half but you know turnovers and they turned those turnovers into touchdowns they didn't settle for field goals yep they scored touchdowns they scored 49 points so with Bach out maybe the defense isn't as good and maybe the offense picks it up a little bit here with Tucker Kraft. So for a team that's really been carried by the defense most of the year, maybe things will switch a little bit here in the second half of the season. Offense will get better, and uh, the defense won't nearly have to be nearly as good. So, yeah, tough game. No reason why they shouldn't win these last three. I then get a couple weeks off for the playoffs, and 
they've been in a run now where it's national championship or bust, and this is their best opportunity to do so. Mm-hmm. Where you know, but Montana's lost a couple games yep. these past couple weeks, so they, they they have two losses, and it looks like SDSU is going to be at home uh, for the playoffs. And whether they play in Montana or uh, a Weber State, a North Dakota State in the national title game, you know, you got to consider them the favorite. So yes, well, and uh, I've seen I, I've seen a few thoughts from people on Twitter and whatnot. Like, oh, I'm you know concerned that you know there will be three weeks in between games or whatever. Maybe they'll be rusty. Don't I am. And I get that. I think it is a little bit of a double-edged sword, but I am more focused on them getting healthy over those two weeks with the bye week uh, and then the first round bye in the playoffs. I would rather have them be healthy going into a game and playing at home than I would, you know, having them miss a, like a, a couple of guys and, you know, having only one week off. You know what I mean? If any team needs, you know, two, three weeks between games, it's them. So not only could they be the one seed and the favorite, they could have they could be the most well rested team. Mm-hmm. Like Tucker Kraft, if he can stay healthy, he should feel pretty good mm-hmm. after playing what maybe four games all season. So keep a quarterback healthy, get Isaiah Davis back, get some of these other running backs and these other guys that have gotten more playing time with these other guys out. Mm-hmm. Maybe a deeper team. So and whoever you playing that. First round or the quarterfinal round, whatever it is, I guess first round. Like you should be a pretty big favorite, yes. and I'll probably be like a seven or an eight win team, and you you should handle them quite easily, no matter who it is. Special teams is a concern. Uh, what two or three blocked punts against North Dakota? Um, that you can't have that. That including one that was returned for a touchdown late in the contest there to make the score closer than it actually was and they uh, failed to recover an onside kick uh so special teams needs to get fixed some of the mental mistakes need to get fixed but if you're winning in spite of that and especially winning in spite of that on the road like they've gone to two pretty hostile places i mean north dakota was like one or teams were one and nine ranked teams one and nine against north dakota at the alara center they're going into some hostile environments here, especially the last couple of weeks, and coming out with with wins, and that's the most critical part. And I think, um, you know, you get two of your final three games at home. Northern Iowa is going to be tough, but Northern Iowa is not as good this year as they have been in previous years. So I think the Jackrabbits handle business there. It's going to come down, I think, to that Illinois State game, and Illinois State's good, but the Jackrabbits are better. At the end of that day, you know, we got to win that game, but you basically assure yourself a conference title that you win these next two. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah go, go undefeated. Live up to expectations. Be a one seed. Do some stuff. So. Yep. And people are excited about it. And that's that – I've never – I don't remember a season where people have been so excited about SDSU football as it has been this year. And that's been, it's been uh, progressing that way over the last few years. And that's good to see. But it should be a huge crowd Saturday. Weather is going to be fine, probably 60 degrees. So that'll be fine for weather. Mm-hmm. Then what's that final game against Illinois State? Uh, you know, can you get 10, 12,000? Yes. In there for that? Uh, okay, you want to show up? You want to become a North Dakota State type power and win nine out of 10 national titles? Well, first of all, show up. Yep. The fans need to show up. 
especially for the playoffs. Thousand strong for playoff games. I don't care if it's against whoever it's against. I don't care if it's against Eastern Kentucky or Montana or North Dakota State. Show up, support the team. Mm-hmm. They can't do much better than they have in the past five years. Mm-hmm. So show that support. That's the the difference between them and North Dakota State. Not on the field, but the fan supports. Of you know they they want their coach fired now because they've lost two games. God forbid they don't win a national title once every five years. Yeah, an unreasonable request. Uh, so similar to to the Vikings, this is you know they've disappointed in the past, but this is the year to to get something done. This mm-hmm. is do do something this year. Yes. Uh, did you see what happened in the uh, Weber State Montana State game over the weekend? A lot of states. Yeah, it was it was Weber State, I believe, right? That their state, their uh, their long snapper snapped uh, the ball over the punter's head four different times, resulting in eight points. That's not good. You feel after the second one, and definitely after the third one, it'd be like, all right, we we got we got to change this up. And it's one of those spots where you never think about it. It's not an issue. The long snapper. You go a whole year without getting getting a snap busted, but all it does is it, it takes one on a field goal or a punt, and and that's the difference in your game. So, and I'm trying to look. Like, was it even windy there? I think they were eating. Uh, where was it at? What's that? I, I think I, I think conditions were fine. Yeah. Yeah, Weber State was a three point favorite, and yeah, it resulted in eight points. Weber State loses by five. And that's that's the result. Um, you just you can't do that. And so Weber State's long snapper. If Weber State ultimately like loses or has to go on the road, maybe to Montana State again, or um, you know somewhere else down the line, rather than get that that home game, they're going to look back at this particular game and those those eight points from those. Yeah. From those long snaps, and that's not good. Weber State, by the way, a big game against Sacramento State coming up November fifth. Uh-huh. Sacramento State is seven and zero. We remember them from last year. The Jackrabbits beat them, uh, but that's going to decide the Big Sky, I think, or, or certainly go a long way towards deciding uh-huh. the Big Sky. Um, but yeah, big, big game there. Uh-huh. Yeah, a lot of those uh, Big Sky Sky teams: Sacramento State, Montana, Montana State. South Dakota State, NDSU, that's, you know, those, those are guys that are going to be there at the end. And mm-hmm. all, you know, all those schools, uh, some schools out E, you know, James Madison moves up. Some of those schools from the South moved up. So it's, you know, some of those traditional powers no, no longer around. Yeah, I don't, I'm not too concerned about, like, Sam Houston State this year. They're, they're down in the dumps. Delaware is good. Uh, Holy Cross. Holy Cross is actually fairly decent. Um this year, I'd love to play. I'd love to play Jackson State. Oh, if, no. oh no! Well, they are. They were in allowed in the playoffs, which you know, they, they'll be in our. They'll, 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 they'll be our big celebration bowl pick. Oh yes, but they were last year. Though, and they, they, they bombed on us. Six. What's that? And, you know, Deion Sanders is doing big things down there, but I would love to see. I would love to schedule them. I would love to schedule them. Hey, there's still an opening, I think, for next year. Uh, there's a chance. I would absolutely, I would jump all over that. I'd say, Deion Sanders, this is John Stiglmeyer from Brookings. I know we don't know where that's at, but uh, 
How about this? We'll come down there and you come up here. How about it? Is the water good down there yet? Uh, no, it's not. Bring your own water. Or hell, meet to meet in Nashville. Meet in Minneapolis. Get the call around. Say, we want Jackson State. Let's make this a big deal. Did Bring you see, them up north. Did you see where, where college game day is going next week? The, the metropolis of Jackson, Mississippi. Yes. For, I mean, that... For Southern against Miss, uh, Southern against Jackson State, which is great, and maybe they can highlight some of the inequities uh, yeah. regarding the the environmental um, racism that's kind of going on there with the the, the drinking water problem in Jackson. Um, I'm reading a book right now about Walter Payton. Uh, it was released ten years ago, and he went to Jackson State. And yeah. it's one of those books where, like we all know about Walter Payton. But I couldn't have told you where he went to college. I don't know where he went. He went to Jackson State. Who, so, do you, who do you think is going to be the guest picker? I'm trying to think of any other, like, Jackson State. Like, I almost wonder if they're going to bring in Jerry Rice just because he's a swack guy from, you know, Mississippi Valley State. Who, who's another, like, Jackson State great that you could bring in? Bring in Deion Sanders. You can't. He can't. He can't do that. He's coaching the game. They're not going to do that. Why not? Fuck, you don't care. They aren't gonna do that. Plus, he's not even from Jackson State. Why can't he bring in Deion Sanders? Why can't he be the guest picker? He he already guest picked for them one. Oh, maybe he. Well, maybe he was the guest picker. I'm sure he'll be there. Oh yeah. What time is their game? Is their game at two? If their game's at eleven, obviously. I assume their game's later in the afternoon. Uh, let's see here. What what time's the game? Uh, I get it. You bring it to Jack. You, you are the only reason you are there is because of the coach, and because they right. have done well with the coach. Because his kid's the quarterback and all this other stuff. Like, they don't have a ton of like flashy, great players. Um, Jackie Slater, offensive lineman. That's, that's about it. So I don't know who who's the famous. Yeah. Jackson, Mississippi, yeah, Walter Payton no longer with us. Uh, all these other guys, you know, not, not notable names. So I don't know who, who uh, obviously can't bring in Mr. Farr because he's uh, in, in a bit of a trouble, but. Well, plus he's Southern-ness. I mean, maybe, you, who do you bring in? Maybe Benny Thompson, the. Um, I don't even know who that is. He's the, he's kind of the head of the chair on the January 6th committee. Sure. Um, oh, how about Archie Manning, Eli Manning, somebody uh, misses Old Miss. So I, there's nobody from. That's why when it was South Dakota State, they brought in Pat McAfee because because they couldn't get. Uh, they get Adam Vinatieri is the guy you get for that, but he had a game the next day. So okay, I don't know. I I, I don't know who you. Who you have for? I mean, Jerry Rice is the best player to come out of Mississippi. So yeah, man. Even though he played for Mississippi Valley State, Benny Thompson would be fine. Benny Thompson is a Jackson State alum. Now I don't know if that gets too like if that you wade too much into the political waters there, but that is a name of note. I'm just looking at uh, the notable people. I don't, I don't think he's going to be the guy. I don't think so either. Robert Brazil or Brazil Lindsey Hunter, uh, two-time NBA champion. You got Rob. I, I, I go with Jerry Rice. I, I would. I. I think that makes the most sense if you're going swack, 
like Hall of Fame type deal. If you're going specifically though with Jackson State, you got a Carlton W. Reeves. He's a United States federal judge. Cassandra Wilson, a two-time Grammy winner. I haven't uh, heard of any of these people. I haven't either. Like I said, uh, Benny Thompson's the one I know, but I didn't know for sure if he went to Jackson State or not. Uh, Rod Page, United States Secretary of Education, 2001 to 2005. Walter Payton, of course, is, has passed away. R.I.P. Lindsey Hunter, like, yeah, maybe him. I, otherwise, it has to be. It has to be Jerry Rice or you would make it Deion Sanders. I mean, that's... Yeah. Yeah. He may as well. I mean, that's why you're there. Right. Right. That's the highlight. I mean, did you bring in Doug Williams from Grambling? Games at one o'clock. So yeah. Some some HBCU football player. I don't. You can't bring in uh, Steve McNair. McNair? No, no, he can't. Certainly can't. So that's that. Uh, this last weekend, three unbeatens uh, went down. UCLA got drummed by Oregon. Um, uh, who else? Uh, who else lost here? Um, it wasn't a great week for college football. It was a good week to take the week off. Uh, Syracuse lost, maybe the best game of the day. They should have won that game. Uh, Clemson D, uh, benches DJ Uyagale for their freshman quarterback, and then they proceed to come back against Syracuse. That's a bad loss for the Orange there. Um, Speaking of bad losses, Old Miss got their ass handed to himself fierce. Sure did. Up 17 to 3. I thought, I thought Old Miss would win this game 45 20. I did not expect LSU to win this game by four touchdowns. I didn't either. I did not either. That's important. That, that, you know, not as much uh, importance on that Old Miss-Alabama game in a couple weeks. And yeah, just, just an awful missed unnecessary roughness call in that Syracuse-Clemson game. Mm-hmm. Clemson had one called in their favor, and then the exact same thing happens, and Syracuse doesn't get that benefit. So it wasn't... A very impressive win for Clemson in which they trailed uh, the entire way for the most part and in what might be their best win of the year. So if they win their conference and go undefeated, they'll get in, but it's not. I'm not looking forward to them being you know, playing Georgia. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking or Ohio State. I'm not looking forward to that. I don't think that would be. I think they would lose that game. I I so. kind I I kind of want to see, yeah. The, those are the three under the undefeated teams that lost last week: UCLA, Ole Miss, and Syracuse. I would love to see Oregon back in it though. Like that that loss to Georgia was bad, but they have looked so good since. I think Oregon is that team that could sneak in. I hope not, because you know, like I think I said last week, playing Georgia again. I'm not interested in that. What about Oregon, Tennessee? Ducks and balls. Sign me up for that. I'm not interested in Tennessee. I just don't want Tennessee to be left out if they lose to Georgia. I don't think they will. I don't want that. I don't want Clemson in over that. I don't want Oregon in over that. I don't want Michigan in over that. I'm not putting any team in over Tennessee. I agree. Even with one loss. I don't care if you're undefeated. I don't care if you won your conference. 
If they're one losses to Georgia, I don't care if they lose by 50. I don't want anybody in over Tennessee. Well, again, you know, you, now that Ole Miss is lost, if Alabama loses to, you know, a, to a Ole Miss later on or a Georgia, that opens the door for someone else. It opens the door for Tennessee. It opens the door for maybe a Clemson or a Michigan or Oregon. Like, yeah, you know, Georgia, Ohio State seem pretty solid. Yep. And, um, you know, a two-loss Alabama's not getting in. Right. Not this so that, year. That, that leaves it open for Clemson, and then that leaves it down for, you know, Michigan, Tennessee, a one-loss Pac-12 winner, or a one-loss Big 12 winner. Okay, let's let's spin it here a little bit. Does a, Who gets in between an undefeated TCU and an undefeated Clemson? Clemson. Who should get in? TCU. I agree with that. Oklahoma State, which is better than any win Clemson could get. Yep. What a- Kansas State, which is probably just as good as beating Syracuse. And uh, they'll have to play probably Oklahoma State a second time. Does a one-loss Tennessee squad get in over an undefeated Clemson team that wins the ACC championship? No. They should. Sure, I think Clemson probably be a three seed if Ohio State and Georgia win, and that leaves it up to to those you know to those five teams: Tennessee, Michigan, Big Twelve winner, Pac twelve winner. Yeah. I'd love to see USC and Oregon play in the championship game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, talk about USC with their one loss on the road by one to Utah on a two-point conversion in the final minute. That's about as close of a loss as you can get. Mm-hmm. And TCU, um, you know, they got Texas and Baylor in a couple weeks, but until then, TCU should be nine and zero going into Texas. That may be tough. So, November, TCU and uh, Oklahoma State, they still got a shot. November 19th, Utah at Oregon. That is a huge game in the Pac-12 because if Oregon wants any chance, they're going to have to win that game at home against Utah. Uh, College game day might be back there. There are three games prior to that game. They're at Cal this week. You can't lose to Cal. You, no. you just cannot. They're at Colorado. Two easy, easy, what should be easy wins on the road in Pac-12 play, and then they're at home against Washington. That's a bit of a dangerous game. It's a rivalry game, but they should win that one, and it's Utah, November 19th. That's the game that decides the Ducks' future. There's a lot of one-loss teams still in the mix here. Oh, yes. Yes, without a doubt. A lot of one-loss teams, and I want to see where a Big 12, what a TCU or Oklahoma State one-loss team there, where do they fit in? To the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, God forbid Wake Forest wins out. <laughs> I don't think so, but it's not impossible. They would be 11 and 1 with a very close loss to Clemson. So I'm sure Wake Forest will lose one down the stretch here. But I feel like, no. Wake Forest not going to be mentioned, but. What happens to Wake Forest if they're eleven and one? Well, and they're they they're they're such a, a much better team with Sam Hartman at quarterback. Yeah. Uh, well, they're the Orange Bowl, but they got uh, they're at North Carolina State, and that's winnable with their quarterback out now. Yep. Uh, they're at home versus North Carolina. They should beat them. Yep. 
North Carolina uh, somehow one loss. It's it, yeah, Wake Forest is better than North Carolina. And they're home against Syracuse, so they've got some decent wins, some some good wins up on their schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not going to get into the uh, ACC title game, but uh, a you know Wake Forest is tenth right now. Yeah, I, I, I want I want again I want a debate of I want an actual debate of who's getting in because we've never had that, and we're getting done with this playoff pretty soon, so. Hopefully it happens, because usually we go through all these scenarios and all this team should be this, this team should be that, and it never happens. They always lose somewhere along the line. Yep. There's so many teams out there. There are a lot of arguments that can be made for quite a few um, quite a few one-loss teams. Wake Forest, Tennessee, Oregon, USC, UCLA. Like We'll see. Not all of these teams are going to finish with one loss. Uh, Oklahoma no. State. But it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how this all pans out because I think Ole Miss, that loss to LSU is devastating because now you're forced, you have to beat Alabama. Yeah. And I don't know if Ole Miss can do that. Um, no. And I've just, let's see, who, who who's remaining on Ole Miss's schedule here? Uh, let's see. Like, obviously, the, yeah, the Egg Bowl Thanksgiving night against Mississippi State, they should win that one. You have Alabama. That is a de facto elimination game now. And if I'm going to put my chips in the table, who like in terms of who we trust more in that one, I'm taking I'm taking Alabama without any without a oh, doubt. Yeah. At uh, all of a sudden, LSU and Alabama is a big game. All of a sudden, and that is uh, next week. Yes, so. and it's not on CBS. So what? Really? It's a 6 o'clock ESPN game at LSU. So all of a sudden, uh, that's, uh, that's a lot bigger than it was. I can't believe it. I thought CBS would pull a doubleheader there. I really did. What, what, is, what is the big game in two weeks in Tennessee. Uh, Georgia, Tennessee? Yeah. I thought that would maybe be a night game. I thought CBS would take the night game there with Tennessee, Georgia. I thought they would put Alabama LSU in the afternoon slot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's uh, good for ESPN. Yeah, yeah, that is that is significant, very significant. Um, so yeah, lots lots going on there in college football. Um, briefly touch on the NBA first week going oh, on. Oh, uh, I just got to mention Texas A and M's out three and four. Oh, that they, they might that hey bullbound or not that that's a they're they're going to be mentioned. When Bullbound or not returns either this week or next they got week. UMass. UMass will put them at four. Yeah, not guaranteed. And they got to go two and two here. So, what? Uh, what? What garbage? What garbage? What? A&M. What idiot would have put them in the college football playoff? God. I have no. I have no idea. Never again. Never again. Learned my lesson. Screw you, Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, A&M's remaining schedule here is home against Florida on November 5th. Oh, they're home against Ole Miss on October 29th. Home against Florida at Auburn. Home against UMass. Home against LSU. Yeah, A&M's getting in. I don't see any better than 6-6. Six and six. I don't see any better than 3-2 and two in that stretch. I don't think they beat Ole Miss. Well, you know what? Maybe, maybe they, maybe Auburn beats him too. 
That, I don't think they, I don't think they beat LSU. Oh, two and three. Oh, two and three. That would be something. I yeah. would love for them to be five and seven. That would be. They've got one team that's everywhere every year. The there's a top ten team that ends up not ranked, and they're they're it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that would be something. And also BYU just got their ass kicked by Liberty. Shit the bed. What a what a fall from grace for our Cougars. Yes. Boy, what a win that Baylor game, and then nothing, nothing, nothing after that. Nope. Bad, bad look. For BYU, BYU stink is what uh, what they should be. Uh, NBA first week, not just a couple of observations here. Um, the Lakers are awful; they can't make a three. They look to be very bad. Philadelphia zero and three. That's rather shocking. And the Utah Jazz in shocking in a good way. Lori Markinen, uh it is been playing great. So Utah Jazz, a pleasant surprise through one week of the NBA season. Uh, but I know it's just one week. It's a very long season. But right now, the panic mean, the panic button should be getting close to, to hit for fans of the Lakers and 76ers. I would say not so much the Sixers. Yeah, the Lakers were bad last year. They've got Denver this week. I don't see them winning at Denver. We've got the Timberwolves Friday night. Only got Denver again, so I yeah, that's a rough stretch. That's and, a, that's zero six. Yeah, like at this point, obviously the goal for them is to win a title. Bang happening. And you got to get rid of Russell Westbrook. Yeah. And like at, at this point, you should trade LeBron because there's nothing. I mean, it's his twentieth season. He wants to play with his son. Trade, I mean, trade him to somebody. You're going to lose 50 games this year? Like, what? And I'm sure the NBA loves that. Here's LeBron James not making the playoffs for two years in a row. And could you imagine? Hey, LeBron James is on the trade market. Who fucking wants him? What a goddamn story that would be. Well, is it worse that LeBron's not in it or worse that the Lakers aren't in it? I think it's LeBron because he's, he could be on fucking Sacramento and people would watch. True. And the Lakers are going to be on TV 40 times this year, and if they're not going to be good, then that then that sucks. You want to know but, a schedule anomaly here that we got? We got some weird schedule shit all year long. Yep. I'm Specifically looking- this week with, with the Timberwolves. It's yes. just ridiculous. Three, ridiculous. They have three games against the Spurs here. Two a back to back in Minneapolis, and then on October thirtieth, so Sunday down in San Antonio, they don't play the Spurs again until the second to last regular season game, April eighth in San Antonio. The what hell is up with that? Does that Doesn't make any sense. The five of the first eight games are against the Thunder and the Spurs. Five of their first seven. Five of their first seven are against two teams. Tell me what. And, and this this is happening probably with every team where they're playing a team mm-hmm. two times in three days in the same building. It's to minimize travel, which I get. I mean that's that's helpful, but but then also I look at the end of the season. 
They got a back-to-back at San Antonio, then they're right back at home versus New Orleans the next night. Yeah. The next afternoon. Between that, they've got three days off. They play on a Tuesday. They don't play again until Saturday. Mm-hmm. And they play Sunday. It's like, uh, what if you are... Like, if you're the Spurs, what the fuck do you do in Minneapolis for three days? <laughs> Go to the mall, try not to get shot, and you just hang out, I guess. I don't know. Go to the Mall of America. Yeah, go to the mall and... Yeah, Wolves are at Portland in early December twice in three days. They host Dallas in late December twice in three days. Um, back-to-back versus Houston, one in Minneapolis on Saturday, and they play them again on Monday. I really hate that they... like. I get it more so for Eastern Conference teams, but... Teams like a, like a Minnesota or someone that have to fly out to California. I mean, Minnesota's in the middle of the country, so take it that for what it's worth. But if you're going to play the Lakers and or the Clippers, make sure you're playing them in back-to-back. Like, if we're talking about scheduling, you got to schedule the Lakers and the Clippers back-to-back then because it's in the same damn arena. Why wouldn't you do that? They've got six games like that where they play a team back-to-back with the day off in the same building or it's a home road thing. Six times, what, 12 of their games are like that. Right, but I, I'm saying they, they aren't, they don't have that with the Lakers or the Clippers, I don't believe. You want to save on travel, then do that. Yeah, like th- that that should be a requirement for the NBA. Like, if you're playing in the same arena, like, or, like, if you have to play the Knicks and the Nets, they're in, they're in New York City, the greater New York City area. Oh, so why do you get to play a team three times in a week or two? That it, yeah, the NBA. Like, wow, it's, got some. Then, then you don't play them again for five months. Really? Like, is that is that great? Because teams go through ebbs and flows, and they're hot and they're cold, and you know injuries and this and that. Let's play them three times in seven days. Oh, wait a sec. Timberwolves here, February twenty eighth. They're at the Clippers. March third, they are at the Lakers. That's three days in between games. What are you supposed like? One game. Los Angeles for five days. They play twice. I like. I'm glad that it's the they're doing it the back to back. But why so many? Like, I'm not saying you need to do it back to back nights, but give them a night or so, like it should be one day in between. Sacramento in between time instead of just sitting for three days. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Yeah, because yeah, then you have to go to Sacramento the night after. Like, What are we doing here? Like, If you're going to do these back-to-backs or whatever, makes have it make some sense. That's... You shouldn't be on the road with nothing to do. Right. You're here. Like, we can't go anywhere because we have to stay three days or two days because we have to play in the same city. I don't get that understanding. The goal should be to get you on the road, get you back as soon as possible. I don't get that. Like, you should have some sort of travel partners to a degree. Like, Milwaukee and Chicago are like 90 miles apart. Make those travel partners. Okay? You go to Milwaukee, you go to Chicago either the day after or the next day. Very good. The Lakers and the Clippers. Play in the same arena. Make sure they're playing on the same day. Uh, Or, like, a day either the next day or the following day. Same with the Knicks and the Nets. Like, that's simple. It's it's so smart. 
the NBA the, the illogical with it. So there we go. That's dumb. Um, the World Series is set. And speaking of dumb, speaking of... I, I want to say that I think New Orleans is going to be pretty good. Yep, I agree. We're going to have New Orleans in the mix, but um, yeah, New Orleans should be should be all right. Then uh, the guy from Duke, Paulo Bancaro, he's... Oh, Paulo Bancaro for, for Orlando. He's had a great start, 20 points in every game he's played. Uh, yeah, early rookie of the year favorite, so... In a year where I don't think that's a good rookie class, he is. I think he'll be the best. Good start. And then what? Next year they got that seven-four guy. He'll be the first pick. Oh yes, the guy from France. So that'll be. Yeah, he'll be a big. That'll be a big time pick. So. For sure. For sure. Don't, don't you hope the Lakers get him. No, I don't. No. <laughs> Go to the Thunder. Something. I don't know. The Lakers don't even have a pick next year. Oh good. So they'll trade LeBron for a first rounder, and they'll get him. Oh yeah, yeah. That would, that would be that would be a, like a conspiracy theory at its finest, <laughs> right there. Uh, but speaking of dumb and scheduling, let's let's turn to baseball here. World Series is set. A little earlier than what we thought. Phillies beat the Padres in five games because the Padres have bad pitching and couldn't hit at all in game one. Astros sweep the Yankees because the Astros are just that much better than the Yankees. And rather than take advantage of days without any football and and whatnot, uh, you know, long layoffs, maybe get the World Series done before you know the the November. Major League Baseball has decided let's wait four full days between games with the World Series game one starting Friday. In Houston, um, Travis, make sense of this for me. This doesn't make any sense to me at all. Like I get maybe not doing it on a Tuesday, but you can adjust your scheduling. Uh, I get that we might not have had you know that there, these game fives, game sixes, game sevens would have stretched to the middle of the week, but it's yeah. not the case here. Why can't we have the World Series starting on a Wednesday? Because the reality series would have went longer, you know, if there's a game tonight, game tomorrow, if these games go seven, I think uh, game seven probably would have been Wednesday night, so you can't just cancel that. I, I agree with that, but now that you, now that we have that, you could bump it up a little bit because you're going to get more viewers. Game one is on Friday, and then game two Saturday, like you got college football in there, like you're competing against football, that's not a good sign. And you can't play Sunday night because of the NFL. Right. Well, that's interesting this year that they aren't doing that. No game, because normally they've, they've had games on a Sunday. Well, even if you play, let's say you start on Wednesday, you play Wednesday, Thursday, you have Friday off, you play Saturday game three, you have Sunday off because you're not going to play Sunday and we don't like that. So I'm completely fine. These series are four or five game series. You're going to have... Some refs, so I could give both of these teams a chance to take some days off, get their guys healthy, get the pitching set up so we can see the best of both of these teams. I am fine with this starting on Friday or Saturday. Friday. The, the rust is the factor here. I mean, I think that's in large part why we saw 
teams like the Braves struggle, teams like the Dodgers struggle in their um, divisional series. Uh, I, the Astros I, don't, should... I, don't, I don't buy the rust because we've had so many examples in recent years of the wild card team making it. The Braves made it last year. They were the, what were they? I guess they were the three seed. Uh, Dodgers, Dodgers, they were in the wild card game last year because the Giants won like a hundred whatever games. Yeah. So the Giants, the Dodgers were actually the fourth seed and they made it to the, to the uh, NLCS. Boston, they were the fourth seed last year. They made it to the NLCS. So even last year we saw the two wild card winners make it all the way to the championship round. So, I mean, Houston, very big fan of that, obviously. Yeah, they dominated the Yankees in some sense, and their pitching is excellent. I hope they win. I do, too. I, I don't want, want Philadelphia I, to win. With Philadelphia fans, we don't like them, of course. And yep. Good good for the Phillies, and Bryce Harper's been been excellent. It's good to see your big star play this well in, in the big games. But... Yeah, I, I hope Houston. I hope they sweep. I hope they. I think they were slept on throughout the year. They won 106 games. Mm-hmm. Nobody was really talking about them. It was all about the Dodgers and this and that. The they haven't lost. They haven't lost the playoff. It was all about Seattle and good for Seattle to get in. But they they're seven and zero in the playoffs. Yep. So they haven't lost in a long time. So I like it. I think the Astros win in no more than five games. But I give the Phillies credit. I'll say it goes six. Is is this though? Is this a World Series that a lot of people are going to watch? Like this just doesn't have a lot of firepower to me. Probably I probably have record low numbers. I mean the Astros have a bunch of bunch of good players. Uh, Bryce Harper is there, so that's good. You know, people maybe know who he is. So, you've got, you know, Philadelphia. Philadelphia and Houston, a couple bigger cities. And people, you know, probably hate Houston, so maybe they'll watch it out of the hatred of the Astros, hoping the Phillies win. So, I think it'll be okay. It's just, this the matchup overall doesn't have a lot of sizzle. Like, I would have been, I would have preferred the Braves or the Padres. You know, against the Astros, because you you see that firepower with all those great guys that the, that the Padres have. Um, we got you know an, an, an underdog in the Phillies taking on the big bad Astros, so there's a what they won 19 more games than they did, so it's uh, a bit of an underdog factor if you want uh, the Phillies to win. True, but we're both going with the Astros here, right? Yes. All right. Very good. Uh, I did not get to your, uh, uh, for college football, your games of the week, your upset of the week, and, the, and watch your ass game of the week. Uh, let's go with, uh, let's just look back here to week eight. Uh, you had your game of the week, number 17, Kansas State at number eight, TCU. Turned out to be a pretty good game. Uh, TCU had to come back. from They were down like, what, 28 to 10 and 138 to 28, something like that. Upset of the week was uh, number seven Ole Miss over LSU. That looked good for a quarter and a half, and then 
that ended up not going good. And the watch your ass game of the week, Memphis at number 25, Tulane. Tulane jumped out to a huge, what, like 35-0 lead. Memphis comes roaring back, but ultimately Tulane beat Memphis. So Tulane still having some fire or some staying power there in the AAC. What games do you have this week? My upset, I'm going to take Nebraska to beat Illinois. Ooh, okay. Then Nebraska-Illinois is a 7.5-point favorite. The division is theirs for the taking. Illinois, it is theirs. They go to Nebraska. I'll say Nebraska picks up a big one. Ooh, Charlie would be very, very happy with that. Very this is kind of similar to the LSU game where Oklahoma State's on the road at Kansas State. And for some reason, Kansas State is a point-and-a-half favorite. So I guess I will take Oklahoma State to win as well to a minor upset of a point-and-a-half. Two, maybe two maybe upsets. Okay, so we have two... Uh, two upsets here this week. Illinois should watch their ass. Oh, okay. Ill- okay. So, uh, but, I, but I do like Nebraska. I mean, that, that, that'd be a bold Okay. So, uh, we got your watch your ass game there. That's on. Right. Um, oh, I'll give you a bold And then, so, okay, State. At, so you're going to say, okay, State is the upset over... Uh, yeah, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense with Kansas State being uh, barely enough. Yeah, favored, but there you go. And then game of the week. I would say TCU also loses at West Virginia. Ooh, okay, all right, there we go. Uh, let's. I like that pick. That's. And that's pretty much all I got. Maybe also maybe Washington State beats Utah Friday. Okay, how about your game of the week? Also, Syracuse, only a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home versus Notre Dame. Okay. Uh, game of the week. Since college game days at a Division One AA game, that tells you all you need to know about that. Yeah, there, there's not much for, for – Games like the game of the week should be the okay. If you have one game to watch this week, this is the game to watch. I got Ohio State, Penn State. I guess that's your game. See if anybody can stop Ohio State. Okay, it's on the road. It is 11 a.m. Ohio State's a 15 point favorite. I by the I mean, there's just nothing there. I guess Oklahoma State, Kansas State. Would be just as fine. So, uh, don't watch Northwestern Iowa. Don't watch that game. Maybe that could be punishment for like prisoners or something. It could be. So yeah, slim pickings. The Big Twelve game and the Big Ten game. Really, the only thing. I mean, something's got to happen this week because there is nothing going on. Nothing. When we say there's nothing going on, what does that normally mean? We get chaos. <laughs> Or some, some big upset that we don't see. Um, playoff football in South Dakota. Where, what are we looking at this week? We're down to the quarterfinals. Final, final eight. Uh, Mitchell didn't make it. They lost. They played pretty well, though. Um, they lost to Brookings 
I enjoy the booth in Brookings. You could live in there as, as an apartment. It'd be fine. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, so I'll go get to go to that until for, for a couple of years. Um, I get to go to Howard. It's about 45 miles and minutes northeast of here. I went there earlier in the year for a game. So we'll go back. It's Howard versus Parkston. In 9AA, it's a 3 versus a 6. Howard should win. I think, even though they're the 3 seed, I think they're the favorite in 9AA. So there's that Thursday night. The next week, I may get to go to Wall, which is three hours west. Yeah. Maybe. You could go to Wall Drug then, right? We could. And I kind of want to because. I don't know when I'll ever call a football game a wall, and if I could ever go anywhere and do something I haven't done before, I like that. Yes. So maybe there, maybe winner. Winner is very dominant in 11B. They'll win that class, but maybe those are, are two potential road trips for next Friday. So, and the, and the Thursday last week, Thursday this week, they have these games. Many games over 300 miles. There was one that was a 400-mile trip for one of these teams on a Thursday night. I got back at midnight from Brookings. That was only an hour 45. And I don't know why they put these games on Thursdays. I've asked. I don't have any any reason given. This week it's because of chorus and orchestra state that Friday and Saturday night. Oh. Which, Okay. There may be some football players, I guess, involved in some of that. Mm-hmm. But still, you're going to send, you know, four, five-hour bus rides one way on a Thursday night. Like if I was a parent, you get home at two or three in the morning. I'm not sending you to school the next day. No. I mean, yeah, sleep in. You're not going to school. You get back at two thirty in the morning on a Friday morning after a football game. No. Could so there's use- absolutely, in my eyes, no reason. Oh, these games on Thursdays. Absolutely not. Uh, do you think maybe they could use Christy Gnome's plane? I hope so, boy. That would be a hell of a better use of it than what she does. <laughs> I'll say uh, maybe a lottery. And the winner, because uh, Bridgewater Emory Ethan, which is just southeast of Mitchell, here maybe a half hour, they had to go to Hot Springs in the southwest corner of the state. That is a five-and-a-half-hour bus ride one way. I hope they get coach and not in a school bus. I don't know. I don't know what. They, and then they, they went out there and they and they lost by a lot. So I'm fine with those long trips, but they got to be on Friday nights, Fridays, or Saturdays. There's no reason to on a weekday. Unacceptable. And I'd be pissed as I, if I was a coach. Oh, absolutely. Like, why are we doing that? Why is this not a bigger issue? Chorus and an orchestra this week. Okay, that's a reason. Last week, nobody can give me an answer of why we do it. Was like it SDEA that. week? Like it, it was like MEA weekend, Minnesota Education uh, week. You know, there was off for school, so uh, games were like Thursday night. Was that the case last week at all? No, not that I'm aware of. If you don't have school the next day, that's fine. Have a game on a Wednesday or a Thursday. But as far as I was aware, unless they didn't have school that day, I know they've got school this Thursday or this Friday. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't. I've never. I don't, I don't know why they do that. 
bizarre. Bizarre, bizarre, bizarre. Well, uh, good luck with the games this week. Hopefully you do get a chance to go out to wall. Uh, anything else we need to get to before we say so long? James Robinson was a decent running back for the Jaguars. Yes. He was traded just now to the Jets. Oh, okay. Because Brees Hall's out for the year. Mm-hmm. So James Robinson, who had a thousand-yard year, was an undrafted guy two years ago, and they really haven't used him since. Even though he seems to be plenty good. Yeah, I'm sure he will go to the Jets and be pretty good. And of course, it cost them all of a sixth-round draft pick. It just doesn't make any sense. No. So that just happened. Now. I put out a podcast. I got uh, tomorrow it'll be out. It's uploaded now, but I'll post it tomorrow. I haven't done one since April 1st. Wow. I talked to Drew on April 1st. I talked to Jeff Coleman um, a few weeks ago now. He's an author. He's got a new Bo Jackson book out tomorrow. Oh, very cool. The uh, the, folk, the last folk hero, the life and myth of Bo Jackson. So he was on the Today Show this morning. Oh, wow, that's awesome. I've been trying to get him all year long. He's my favorite author. I think he does excellent work. He's the one that did the Walter Payton book I'm reading right now. I plan on reading all of his books. He's got maybe 10 of them out. His first one was about the 86 Mets about 15 years ago. I've read that. He had one on the 90s Cowboys. He had one on the USFL, Football for Buck. Uh, he has a Brett Favre book that he says don't read because Brett Favre's a piece of shit. <laughs> he released that maybe five years ago. I have that. I haven't read that yet. He's got two books on the Lakers, the 80s Lakers and the Shaq and Kobe Lakers. Okay. The one about the 80s Lakers is now a Showtime show or a HBO show. Oh, yes, Showtime. Yeah, they're winning. So they, they had to change it to Winning Time because you can't have a show named Showtime on HBO. That's That makes sense. But, yeah, the book is Showtime. Well, I've got that. I've got, I've got that. And I'm going to read that sometime. So, um, and he had a couple books that he's not fond of in the mid-2000s about Clemens and Bonds. Okay. I, I think it's so, very cool that he says, don't read the book about Brett Favre because he's a piece of shit. Like, very rarely do you see an like hear of an author or like a movie star saying like, yeah, don't waste your money on this. They're always like, yeah, we, you know, give us the money and stuff. Uh, shows high yeah, moral I'm very fighter. disappointed in Brett Favre and, you know, there's been a lack of coverage of this situation and he thinks it's disgusting what he did. So I first asked Jeff Perlman back in, this is January 14th of this year, if he wanted to do this. That's kind of when I was starting the podcast thing. Mm -hmm. He said he was away on vacation. And I appreciate him. This is through Twitter. I appreciate him answering me. Yes. I appreciate him uh, not saying no. It was always, oh, maybe next week, maybe next month. I'm busy, this and that. So I appreciate him getting back to me, and I appreciate him actually doing this after a few requests. So I asked him like a week later, 
then a week after that, and then after you ask them about three or four times, then you put it on the back burner yep. a little bit. And then um, I asked him in late March, so he was on vacation, and then I asked him again. Then I just, you know, from March to September, I didn't ask him again. All right. So then uh, I asked him September 20th. He said he can't do the, can't talk about it until October 24th, which is actually today. Oh, okay. But because of the book, he can't release it until sure. whatever, you know, the book's out tomorrow. I don't want to do an interview two weeks before that, whatever the rules are. Yeah. We set it up. I talked to him a couple weeks ago. He talked about 35 minutes. So I like it. About an hour long, 35 awesome. minutes with him. Okay. Talking about this book and some other stuff where we can get into some political things as well. So... Very cool. Well, that's definitely I, worth a listen to. Uh, we'll definitely be listening to that. Well, I'm going to post this tonight. Okay. I appreciate him doing it. Um, he does great work, so I'll get this Bo Jackson book for Christmas or whatever. I'm sure it'll be fantastic. So, like he did, he said he did like 720 interviews, and it took him two years. Like, I can't even imagine doing that much work for this. Right. Like, where do you even start? So, yeah, we talked to talked to him a little bit about that. So. We should do a book on Herschel Walker next. Yes. What a stupid shit he is. Yes. And there is definitely a book there for that. A lot of bad stuff, I'm sure. Yes. So I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do next for a book. It's always he's got something every every couple of years. For whatever reason, he was in Nebraska like a month ago. I don't know if he's going to do a book on the Cornhuskers. I don't know. But I don't know. What what is out there because he's done all these biographies, so I don't know what. I'm sure he'll he'll do something. So he had the uh, the story. This is when we were kids. He had the story about John Rocker. Mm, yes. Yep. Illustrated and what up? All the bad stuff he said. Yep. You know, twenty years ago. So that was that was his story. So. And then, and, and uh, I, you know, you know about him. You, you, you research the guy, and he kind of got to start in Tennessee. He's from New York, but he started in Tennessee and, and, and lived in Nashville for a little bit. Our favorite so city. When, so when I called him, like one of the first things, we thought, "Hey, how's the weather up there?" Blah blah blah, and and, and um, kind of asked about me a little bit, and I said, "Yeah, I lived in Nashville for a while, and then I knew he had lived there for a while, and then." He actually lived in the dorms at Tennessee State back in, like, the mid-90s. No shit. And then I told him, oh, yeah, I was down there. I had an you know, internship where I worked a year at, the, at Tennessee State, and so that was a good icebreaker there. Yes. So, yeah, I like it. Hopefully, I'll, yeah, I'll, I guess maybe I'll wait tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, Jeff Pullman, my favorite author. Um, the thing, hopefully I can get somebody on the show here. I would like to get Jamie Smith, the governor candidate. Oh, yes. I would also like to get our current governor. Um, you would tear her a new one. Like that, that would... I, 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 I wouldn't be able to ask her the things I would like to ask That's her. That's true. She would cut the interview off right away. I, 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 would, I, would, I would do this. I would email her folks and ask her if she would want to do it. And then either they would say no or not respond. 
And if I, were to, if I were to ask Jamie Smith, you know, I think that would be possible to get him on. But then I could go on the show and say, and I asked Noam, and she said no or did not respond. So it's not like I'm slanted one way or the other. I asked both sides. Right. One said yes, one said no. So that's up to them. There's a debate, I think, tonight on uh, South Dakota Public Broadcasting. She said no. He said yes. So this will be an opportunity basically for him to get an hour uh, uninterrupted. They had a debate a couple weeks ago, which, are, which is their only debate of the deal. So we, we talked a little bit about that on the podcast and, and some political stuff and, 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 and the misinformation horseshit. Have you heard about, I'm sure you have, have you heard about the rumors of, of like kitty litter and litter boxes in schools? Oh, yes. Yes. Yep. And I, I kind of wrap up the podcast talking about that. And obviously... That's a bullshit thing. It's not real. It's not real anywhere. I've heard it here in Mitchell. You've heard it in, in St. Cloud and wherever else. Yeah, um, uh, New Prague, I think, was the one prominent one, or like town or school that was in New Prague, Minnesota. And there was an article a week or two ago. I didn't read it in depth about, like, where did this start? Where does something like this start? I'm sure it started on online somewhere. But then this happens, and obviously this is not happening anywhere. Um, and it just, it's, it's making fun of transgender people because they're saying, oh, uh, people identify as cats or dogs, so they need a litter box to take a shit. Mm-hmm. Or, it's like, come on. It, it, it just dehumanizes transgender folks with who have a hard enough time in their lives uh, with with their, you know, with their situation. Mm-hmm. So let's make them be out to be just goddamn animals that have to shit in the hallways in a litter box like a cat. And so that, that's all that is. And obviously that's another situation of you or me hear that and we think it's just, just ridiculous. And you do two minutes of research and you find out it's not real. Kara and then Le- some people find out it is real. Yeah, Kara Levin did a story on that. Um, Jaina Shortle, I believe, is her name. She was the reporter at Care 11. That's the NBC affiliate in the, the Twin Cities. And she received some backlash, like, whoa, it's happening here and stuff. And, like, we've talked to education. We've talked to officials. We're not getting that at all. So. So why, why, do, why do people want to believe that when it's definitely false? Like, why do they want to believe that? Well, is it, it me saying. I hear that. Well, that's not real. And you look into it, and it's not. Sometimes, Why do they want to believe, oh, yeah, that's real. That's happening in my school. Sometimes, Well, it, it's to get people upset. But some, honestly, Krenz, we live in a very weird society and world now where you like think about all the shit that like, some of the people in the cult believe. You're like the QAnon. Like, there are people that believe a lot of this stuff that's going on. Because we live, like, there are a lot of dumb people in society. That's, that's what it comes down to. It's, if you believe this stuff, I cannot call you anything else but stupid. And these are stupid people, for whatever reason, that want to think they are smart by believing things that are not true. They want to think, I know something that the smart people don't. I want to, I know about the the child pornography ring in the pizza joint run by Hillary Clinton in yes. New York City. 
It's like a goddamn Mad Libs of fucking ridiculousness. But they actually believe it. And, that's... and they believe it. And there's a guy that showed up with a gun going to shoot people years ago. Mm-hmm. Things like this. They think, you know, John F. Kennedy Jr. is a lie. And all this other shit that is just ridiculous. And you see the Daily Show segments, all this other shit that's out yeah, there. Yeah, Jordan Klepper does a great job. It's unbelievable. Like, all of his stuff's the same, and he does one every couple of months, but they're still just ridiculous when you talk to people. So I don't know, and I don't think it's going to change, and you can't change these people, these people's minds. And something I didn't say in the podcast that I forgot to that I wanted to is that you, you have to somehow separate the idea that people have. Even if you hate their idea, you can't hate the person, even though it's very hard for me to do. Mm-hmm. Because if you believe the kitty litter stuff, I'm going to hate you. <laughs> or if you believe there was election fraud, I'm going to hate you as a person. Because I think you're an idiot. If you voted for Trump, if you think COVID's fake, if you think all of these things, I'm going to think you are stupid. I'm going to hate you. I'm not going to be, I don't want to be around you. I want to be associated with you. I don't want to fucking know you. I don't want to see any of your shit on my fucking Facebook or Twitter feed. I hate you as a person. You shouldn't do that, but when you're that goddamn stupid, I don't know what else you can do. And it shouldn't be us bowing to them, saying, oh, it's okay that you did that. Come back to the pack. Come back to reality. No, it should be their fucking change to say, hey, I fucked up. I was stupid. I thought this stuff. I'm going to have to change. It sure, sure as hell shouldn't be us. Come back to reality. Come back to facts. And we've got a big election here in two weeks. And we'll see how that goes. I gotta be but, honest, Krenz, I am very nervous about the the election here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, because I just don't... I think there's a lot of issues going on. And, and rightfully so. Like I kind of look at it th- this way. There are important issues... But there are a couple that are more important than just what is currently plaguing us right now. It affects our future more so than what what's going on, like, say, with the economy right now. This is a minor blip. Like, yes, it, it'll it rebound. It'll recover. Paying 50 cents more for gas, by all means, let's burn down the town. When there's 20 different things more important than I'm, that. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, yes, prices are bad right now. But it will come back. I believe yeah. that. If you are looking, though, to get rid of women's rights, if you're looking to get rid of Social Security and Medicare and stuff, like that's that's far more important than paying three yes. bucks more per, for a pound of turkey. That affects your life for the future and the rest of your life. It, fu- it affects future generations. Yes. When it comes to abortion, I think it may be good for Democrats because I think it pissed them off. They're going to go to the ballot box and say, oh, you're going to take away that or we're going to vote you out. It should, but there is enough other stuff out there where you still have to at least acknowledge it, like the economy with the inflation and stuff. You're like, you can't be like Biden is kind of defiant right now and saying, oh, it's strong as hell. That is to a degree, but you also have to look at the inflation and like yes i i understand this issue we are going to keep working on it you can't be so defiant and just hope that people are going to rally around the the abortion and the women's rights stuff 
that's, I think, that's tone-deaf message to a degree. You have to at least acknowledge it. Um, but I, I, having said that, I agree. Like this, there, That is a bigger issue right now than anything else going on. I think the Democrats hang on to the Senate by their teeth, and I think the Republicans take over the House. Um, and like, it, inflation is a problem a lot of places. Yes. So it's like, okay, it's a problem here, but why is it also a problem in Europe? Like, we can't control what happens over there, but this is not a problem unique to us. So it sucks, but it's like, okay, this is happening elsewhere too. Exactly. COVID, because of oil, because of Russia, because of whatever the reasons are. Mm -hmm. I'll get mad, fine, get mad, but this is not a problem that is just our problem. And the deficit fell, I guess, 1.4 trillion this year, the largest one drop in American history. So it's kind of like a rebuilding team where it takes a while to get back on track. And I think we're moving forward in the right direction, but you know, if I could ask our governor, like, one of a series of questions, I would ask, why is your race always so close when every other Republican here in the state wins by 30 points? That's a good question. Like, you have to be really dumb and really hard. It's really hard for a Republican not to win easily in the state. Yes. But like 90 of the 105 seats in Pierre are Republican. 90 of the 105. There's literally like 15 or 16 Democrats in Pierre in the state legislature. Like, that's not representative of the state. Right. It's not 90-10 Republican. It's like 60-40 Republican. So this certainly isn't representative of the state. I don't know how you fix that, but, you know, election in two weeks, we'll see how it goes. Yes, and we'll, we'll talk about it then. We'll... We'll look to recap. We'll hopefully have some good news. Like I said, there's there's bigger stuff out there. There's a lot of things that there are there are things that are pressing to a lot of people right now that are affecting their everyday life right now, and I get it. But there's something greater that's going to affect future generations if we don't do something. Well, so it's, uh, it's an interesting time to be alive. It is. It sure is. Uh, with that, uh, we'll say so long for the week. Good luck with all your games, and we will chat to you next week, my friend. All right. We'll see you later. Travis Crins joining me here, Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time as always. So uh, definitely looking forward to that uh, podcast that he's got with Jeff Perlman about that. So very, very cool stuff there. We'll see if we have Charlie Hildebrand on this week yeah, to talk college football. If not, next week, and we will do the uh with bull bound or not so let's stay tuned for that other uh, we'll recap football here so plenty to get to here as we wrap up this, or you know as we go along here on this week's edition of the sports block podcast available on podcast.com and on itunes follow me on twitter at andy stacken facebook nathan stacken travis crins on twitter at travis crins a link to the podcast post middle to later part of each week all right so we're gonna push charlie back to next week which is great because that means bull bound or not officially returns next week so we'll have bull bound or not the rest of the college football season so very excited about that so charlie will join us next week that means we're going to wrap up this week's edition of the sports block podcast we'll look back at week seven in the nfl and make some picks for week eight 
as we always do during the football season. So last Thursday night, we actually had some points on Thursday night football, a lot of them. Arizona Cardinals beat the New Orleans Saints 42-34. Two pick sixes in the span of about, like, what, a minute, minute and a half in the second quarter completely turned the game around for the Arizona Cardinals. They win this game 42-34 over the Saints. Kind of a season-saving win for the Cardinals, if we're, if we're being honest. Sunday, then, the Baltimore Ravens hang on to beat the Cleveland Browns 23-20. Browns had a chance to tie the game late. Uh, a false start maybe could have been an offsides. Would have pushed the ball yeah, five yards closer. Would have been 51 instead of 61. Cade York's field goal misses wide left and short. Uh, Ravens ultimately get the win 23-20. Stunner of the day. Biggest upset of the year to date. Carolina Panthers without Christian McCaffrey beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 21-3. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers offense looked dreadful. Mike Evans drops this surefire touchdown. He was wide open. No one around him. And that was on the first drive of the game, a sign of things to come. P.J. Walker and company get the win for the Panthers. Bengals beat the Atlanta Falcons 35-17 behind a big day from Joe Burrow. 483 yards through the air, three passing touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. Bengals crush Atlanta 35-17. Detroit had not one, not two, not three, not four, but five turnovers in this game against the Dallas Cowboys, including one on the one-yard line where they had a chance to go take the lead 10-6. They fumble it. Dallas recovers, and that was pretty much it from there. The Cowboys end up winning 24-6, a bad loss for a Lions team who has now scored only six points in their last two games. Giants hang on to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 23-17. Saquon Barkley, another good day in this one. Daniel Jones over 100 yards rushing and a touchdown for the Giants quarterback. Jaguars had a chance late. Trevor Lawrence has passed to Christian Kirk. He catches it, stopped at the half-yard line. Otherwise, they would have tied the game, could have won it with an extra point. Giants prevail 23-17. They are now 6-1 on the year. Titans get a pick six on Matt Ryan, and they beat the Indianapolis Colts 19-10. Derrick Henry over 100 yards rushing. The Colts, another dismal performance. Matt Ryan now has ended up being benched in favor of Sam Ellinger. That's what's going on in Indy right now. Not good. Not good at all. Washington Commanders, speaking of a what? They beat the Green Bay Packers 23-21. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense, once again, another abysmal performance. Uh, 0 for on third downs in this game. They were what? 0 for 6. First time they haven't done first time they've done that since 1999. Taylor Heineke hooks up with Terry McLaurin for a touchdown and then a couple times on the last drives of the game that sealed the win for Washington. They get the 23-21 win. Uh, then we go to the Mile High City, the Denver Broncos, two and five. What and a what a disappointing year for them. No Russell Wilson in this one. It was Brett Ripon uh, who got the start at quarterback. Brees Hall with the only touchdown in the game for the Jets on a long uh, touchdown run. But the rookie running back sensation for the Jets tore his ACL later in the game. He is done for the year. Uh, the, the Jets have lost Elijah Vera Tucker. Uh, one of their our offensive linemen. So the win comes at a cost for them. The Jets do, though, improve to 5-2. and two. Raiders get their second win of the season, led by Josh Jacobs and his 143 yards, three rushing touchdown performance. They beat the Houston Texans 38-20. Seattle, what can you say about this Seahawks team? They have been just absolutely fantastic. They beat the LA Chargers 37-23. 
Justin Herbert wasn't great in this game. They have injuries. Mike Williams, their wide receiver, he has a high ankle sprain. Injuries are starting to pile up for the Chargers, but Geno Smith and company just continue to roll. They lose DK Metcalf, their star wide receiver. We'll see how long he's out for, but the Seahawks get the win, 37-23. Rookie running back Kenneth Walker the second from Michigan State. Got a, a couple of touchdown runs in this one, including a 70-plus yarder to put the game away. Kansas City Chiefs uh, take down the San Francisco 49ers, 44-23. This Chiefs offense is just incredible. Who do you stop? They have so many weapons, and they all come through at different times of the game. McCole Hardman, three total touchdowns in this one. Christian McCaffrey did play a little bit for the 49ers in his first game with the team since being traded on Thursday. Had 62 yards from scrimmage. You can bet that that'll increase as he uh, dives into the playbook more. But the 49ers, a terrible effort on defense against Kansas City. Sunday Night Football, the Dolphins scoring their first three possessions. One touchdown, two field goals. They get one more field goal throughout the rest of the game. That was ultimately enough to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 16-10. A couple of picks of Kenny Pickett. Well, that makes sense. Uh, helped seal the win for the Dolphins. The Steelers had a couple of chances for interceptions on Tua, who made his first start in a few weeks, uh, coming back from that concussion. But uh, they didn't capitalize. They couldn't secure the interception, and the Dolphins ultimately prevail 16-10. to And then Monday Night Football, a stunner in Foxborough. Chicago Bears beat the New England Patriots 33-14. to Justin Fields, very good in this one, rushing the football. Defense had three interceptions. One of Mac Jones, who came out after that interception. Bailey Zappi comes in, leads the Patriots to a couple of touchdowns. They have a 14-10 lead. Everyone's loving him. Bailey Zappi then throws two interceptions. The Bears score the final 23 points of the game, and they win 33-14. Vikings, Eagles, Rams, and Bills all off. Let's go to week eight now, and it starts Thursday night in a must-win game almost for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Todd Bowles said it can't get much darker than where we're at. Well, we'll see about that. They host Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on Prime Video. I want to take the Bucks, but they have to show me something right now. I'll take the Ravens to get the road win here. Uh, prove me wrong, Bucks. Prove me wrong. The final game of the London series this year. Uh, Denver Broncos at the Jacksonville Jaguars, 9.30 a.m. Eastern, 8.30 a.m. Central Time on ESPN+. Ugh, woof. What a what a bad game. Based on what we've seen from the Broncos, why do we think they're going to beat the Jaguars? I don't think they will. Give me Jacksonville in this one, regardless if Russell Wilson plays or not. Uh, then uh, we have the Arizona Cardinals at the Minnesota Vikings, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. Vikings after a bye aren't always the greatest... Uh, they haven't played a complete game yet. Arizona looked a lot better offensively last week with DeAndre Hopkins. They've had a few extra days to prepare. Hesitant here on this one. I think the Vikings will win, but it's going to be close. Give me the Vikings here. Don't say that with a great degree of confidence. Carolina Panthers at the Atlanta Falcons, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. Falcons with a win could move into first place. Uh, they're tied for first right now with the Bucs in, in the NFC South. If the Bucs lose on Thursday, Falcons win. They are in sole possession of first place in the NFC South. Give them the Falcons to beat the Panthers. Chicago Bears at the Dallas Cowboys, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. Great win for the Bears Monday night against the Patriots. They're not beating the Cowboys. I like Dak Prescott and company to get the job done. Give me the Cowboys in this one over the Bears. Miami Dolphins at the Detroit Lions, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Lions, 
what are we doing here? Uh, like, this should be better at this point. Jared Goff looked terrible last week. I I was going to pick the, the Lions initially, but I think Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle torched the Lions. Uh, give me the Dolphins in this one. Las Vegas Raiders at the New Orleans Saints, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Saints are just too many injuries. Raiders defense is a little suspect, but I like the Raiders offense here a little bit more than the Saints offense. Give me the Raiders to win a close one. Not a ton of confidence in that. New England Patriots at the New York Jets, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Terrible look by the Patriots last week. Who's their starting quarterback? But the Jets have injuries. No Brees Hall, no company. I'll take the Jets. I don't say that with a great degree of confidence. New England, prove me wrong, please. Um, we'll take we'll take you, though, to win. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers at the Philadelphia Eagles, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Don't. No, we're not going to take the Steelers. Give me the Eagles to win all day in this one. Coming off a bye, they beat the Steelers. Tennessee Titans at the Houston Texans, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Texans have given the Titans all they can handle in recent years. Titans, though, playing some decent, uh, pretty good football right now. Not sure what, what the status is with Ryan Tannehill and how injured he is, but I like the Titans to get the job done in this one. Washington Commanders at the Indianapolis Colts. 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Last week, I would have taken the Colts. This week, I'm not sure. Sam Ellinger starting, no Matt Ryan. Washington looked good against... Uh, like This was supposed to be the Carson Wentz revenge game. It's no longer that. I'm inclined to take Washington now uh, to beat Indianapolis. Indianapolis, prove me wrong. I'm going to take the Commanders. San Francisco 49ers at the LA Rams, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Kyle Shanahan gets the better of Sean McVay. We've seen it consistently. He's going to do it again. Christian McCaffrey, big game in this one, playing the Rams again, second time in three weeks. Give me the 49ers in this one. New York Giants at the Seattle Seahawks, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Can you believe just how big this game is? The Giants are 6-1. The Seahawks are 4-3, and three, leading the NFC West. Who would have ever thought this game would be as big as it is at this time? Give me the Giants to get the win over the Seahawks. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what either of these teams... This is a weird week, week 8 in the NFL. So many matchups we didn't expect to see happening are happening. Green Bay Packers at the Buffalo Bills. Uh, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC. Aaron Rodgers says that the the Packers, this is a great spot for them. No one's giving them a chance to beat Buffalo, and I am one of them. No chance they beat Buffalo. If they do, it's the biggest upset of the season. Bills roll. And then Halloween night. Ooh, spooky one in the Battle of Ohio. Ooh, Ohio. Cincinnati Bengals at the Cleveland Browns, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. If I read this right, the Bengals do not have a win against Cleveland since drafting Joe Burrow. That changes Monday night. Joe Burrow and company take care of business against the Browns, giving the Bengals with the win. Chargers and Chiefs, only teams on a bye this week. And those are your Week 8 picks. Official picks and predictions can be found in the stack, stackattack.sportsblog.com in our Football Friday post. 
Um, so that does it for this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate you all for listening. You can find this on podcast.com as well as on iTunes. Follow me on Twitter at ND Stackin, Travis on Twitter at Travis Crins, Facebook Nathan Stackin, a link to the podcast posted in the middle to later part of each week. Charlie Hildebrand re- joins us next week. Bullbound or not makes its season debut. So many people are happy around the country. We're getting emails and, and posts from everyone. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll try and call out as many people as we can next week. But there's a lot of love out there. Um, from the masses, so we appreciate that. Definitely looking forward to playing Bull Bounder not next week. We'll recap the, what's going on in the World Series thus far, NFL, college football. We'll do it all. So for all of us here at the Sports Block Podcast, I'm Nathan Stack and saying thank you so much for listening. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. <laughs>